Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. And Sandy. And Miss Sandy, yes, of course. Has They're to both join in the here, so if you hear a cat fight, sorry about it. Yeah. <laughs> a little geriatric boxing match to go on. It's okay. We're here for uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a regular, regular occurrence around here, so. Yeah. Well, uh, surprise. Are you, are you guys sick of us this week yet? <laughs> well, um, boy, we had a hell of a surprise today, didn't we? Yeah, we all woke up to some pretty big news and decided that uh, we couldn't possibly wait until next week to talk about this. So here we are. And if you know, you know, but obviously we are talking about the extradition of Lori uh, Noreen Avalo. Lori. <laughs> this mugshot is just. It's going to be in my nightmares. What up, Lori? I know. Ooh, I said just real happy to be there. Is this uh, taking your meds or not taking your meds? I'm not really sure. My but God. she that's a that's like a she looks like she's a realtor, you know, like right. this is a smiley realtor picture for her for her social media. Like, what mm -hmm. the hell? <laughs> a realtor you wouldn't go with because you're absolutely certain they would screw something up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What mm -hmm. the man? She looks very happy to be in Maricopa County, doesn't she? Well, maybe just being back in Arizona suits her. I'm... So uh, Maricopa uh, County is very proud of themselves. Um, oh, boy. This is a long game of damage control, considering that had they, you know, arrested her for Charles's murder. We probably wouldn't be here for all the rest of it. But, you know, we can sing it to the rooftops, but it is what it is. But right. they're very, very proud of themselves right now and because of that they've taken mm -hmm. great notes and put them out into the world so <laughs> I have a compilation of uh of videos that they have uh created and put out uh here in the last 24 hours so we're gonna watch that first and then we'll talk a little bit more about it so i'm gonna cue that up mm -hmm. and get rid of us But this is them uh, bringing her in, getting her ready for booking. And of course, doing all of the, uh, all of the booking procedures. 
This was in the middle of the night. They actually arraigned her at 2 a.m. Now here she is in her jail jammies. It cracks me up, this big contingency. You've got four sheriff's deputies leading her around. Which, I mean, she is a convicted murderer, so I'll give you that. But uh, she's also a very small, frail lady that couldn't be hard to overpower. And there you go. There's that fancy shot. And now the arraignment. 2673. All right. So, Ms. Vallow, you are appearing here on two cases. Um, these are both grand jury warrants. What that means is that the grand jury here in Arizona has indicted you um, on two charges. The first case is CR 2022-001242-001. You're being charged in that case with one count of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. It is a Class One felony committed on October the 2nd of 2019. The second case is CR 2021-001704-001. In that case, you're also being charged with one count of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. It is also a class one felony. That offense allegedly occurred on July 11th of 2019. Now, I do have to advise you of your right to um, have an attorney and the right to remain silent. I will appoint counsel for you in both cases. I have a court date coming up for you called the not guilty arraignment hearing. Give me just a second. That hearing is gonna take place in the downtown Phoenix Superior Court in our central court building. And the date is gonna be next Thursday, December 7th at 8.30 in the morning. Okay. In both cases, you are You've been extradited from the state of Arizona. You're currently under the jurisdiction of the Idaho Department of Corrections. That makes you non-bailable at this hearing. So you're not eligible for bail in either case. You do have your court date. You know a lawyer's gonna be appointed for you. Do you have any questions? Are those cases gonna be combined or are they gonna be done separately? Well, they are two separate cases, mm -hmm. but they're gonna be handled at the same hearing. Okay. Okay. So. You can talk to your lawyer, but they are two separate cases, which means that you'd have two separate proceedings going forward if it goes to trial. Okay. Okay. Any other questions, Ms. Hall? Just one attorney or more attorneys will be assigned to Well, at this point at in this time, point. at this point in time, you're likely going to have the one lawyer represent you at this particular hearing. Um, what the Maricopa County Public Defender does at this point in time with respect to who they assign for counsel for you or how many lawyers you have or anything like that, that will be between you and your lawyer. Okay. Okay. Any other questions? So you're saying that they'll be, will I get to talk to them before that arraignment hearing or will just at that arraignment hearing they'll be assigned? Well, typically you do meet your lawyer at that arraignment hearing. Under the circumstances of this case, they may reach out to you before that hearing to have discussions with you. Um, there is also a telephone number that you're going to have on your paperwork that will uh, be able to connect you with the Maricopa County Public Defender's Office. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you, Ms. Value. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right.
story of interest, not just here in Arizona, but I know across the nation. Just after midnight last night, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office deputies booked Lori Vallow into our ITR facility. One count of first-degree murder, one count of premeditated first-degree murder. She was extradited from Pocatello, Idaho, where she was already in, the, in their Department of Corrections there in custody at one of the prisons. We sent four deputies there by car. Normally, we would fly. Our extradition team would fly to pick it up, but because of weather conditions, we felt that it was um, more predictable and more within our control that if we were going to transport her, that we wouldn't have to deal with any kind of um, weather conditions or air travel challenges. So our deputies left on, uh, on the 27th for Idaho, arrived there, stayed for a day to prepare, and brought her back. We sent two extraditions deputies, uh, a supervisor, and one deputy from our K-9 division, but it's just because she's a female deputy. We want to make sure there was a female accompanying um, suspect Valo in her, tra in her travel back. It was about an 18-hour trip. Uh, in my statement, as you saw, I talked about the fact that we do about 250-plus extraditions every year. So this is not new for them. The, uh, the uniqueness or maybe the circumstances involved in this particular case are very high profile and, and much to the interest of our local and national audience. Um, I don't want to diminish it. It is what we do, as I stated, and we do it very well, whether it is her or any other fugitive who's wanted in the state of Arizona. We're going to facilitate transfer into our custody so the prosecutor's office can prosecute them effectively. Uh, she had her initial appearance at about 2 a.m. when she was remanded without bond. So the, uh, the case will now be in the hands of the county attorney. While in our custody at the conclusion of whatever happens with the court case, she will then be returned to Pocatello to their Department of Corrections. Uh, so I want to thank them for their cooperation and facilitation of this also. And I also want to just recognize and express gratitude to our team here, the deputies that uh, spent four days on the road to bring her back safely. Um, we do have a really, really good video for you, which I can't show you right now, but we'll get it to you of um, bringing her into the jail where you get a good look at the process, the initial process of her custody. So I don't, you know, it's... There's not a whole lot more depth to it than that. I just want to make sure you heard from me the status of it, and I'm happy to answer a few questions if they're related to this case. Sure. I'll start with that. I was going to say, will she be kept in any sort of segregated situation, or is she going to be in close Yeah, no, that is a good question. She will be. She's she deemed to be high security, so she'll be uh, isolated in, in a high security area of the Australia jail. Tell us what goes into a process such as this. You've dealt with high-profile inmates in the past. That's not new, but um, obviously this planning has been going on, I would assume, for some time. It has, and, and we wanted to make sure that it was um, – during my tenure as sheriff, I feel like our focus has always been about being really fundamentally sound and, and less about the bells and whistles. And the men and women who put the planning and preparation has took everything into consideration, as I said. Um, we had challenging weather conditions. The last thing we wanted to do was try to fly and get stuck in an airport where suddenly now uh, we're in a space where there's a lot of uh, community members and others, and, and it takes an extensive period of time. If we're going to travel that road, we need to make sure that we had the appropriate vehicles. As I said, we sent a female deputy to make sure that we had a female deputy accompanying a female inmate. Um, we sent uh, those from our fate detail and extraditions facilitated this because we're the best at managing any kind of um, transfer of custody or apprehension of of those deemed to be dangerous and make no mistake about it. You know, sometimes I think we look at a person and judge them by appearance and we go, well, this is a relatively moderate sized female. What kind of a threat can she be? Um, she is as much, if not more of a threat to the harm of others as 
any other dangerous criminal we've had in our custody. So we figure out the entire route and map the challenges of where we're going to stay, how we make sure that our employees get the rest necessary to come back safely. I think it was an 18-hour drive back. Is that correct? About 18 hours? Yeah. So um, we'll call it a planning an extensive road trip that just happens to include bringing back a dangerous fugitive. Can you clarify this part, though? He said at some point she'd be brought back to Idaho to Pocatello, but this court case here, we don't know how long that's going to take. He has an arraignment coming up if there's an appeal process. How is here for the duration of this case in there in Pocatello? She'll be housed here until the conclusion of her case, and then once there is a conclusion, that you know, the county attorney and, and their attorney there will have to determine, um, I would imagine, that she'd have to return to spend her time there and then whatever time either it's going to be consecutive, concurrent, whatever the outcome is. But I'm just being respectful of the fact that she is in their custody and, and now she's been transferred to us for the specific case. I know initially. Let me just check the rest of the room before I come back to you. Anybody got questions left? Hey, Rick, how are you, buddy? Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, I understand. What, I guess what I have two, but what was her demeanor like while during this process? I just, I understand that she was very sociable the entire trip talked quite a bit. About what? Oh, that's between the deputies, the courts, and the prosecutor, apparently. I don't know that she gave any specific statements related to the investigation, but I just know that they said she was very chatty. And I'll just add to that. I know initially maybe there weren't plans to extradite her until after um, the appeal process in Idaho was concluded. Why did that change? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's something probably that I'm sure maybe Rachel Mitchell can answer to the county attorney. I think she would know more about the specifics on, on any court-related elements. No, not so much. We just kept it under wraps because we didn't want to, you know, I don't like to talk about things until we um, execute on them and, and carry out our duties. So the legal sides of the extradition relative to their willingness to allow us to take custody of her here and hold her for trial here, that takes place at the uh, prosecutorial level. Um, once there's a green light that she is going to be available for us to, to uh, extradite here to Arizona, then we take it from there and do all the planning and um, handle all the operations. Was it you, a, got it. you said it was an 18-hour drive back. Was it, was it nonstop? Did you guys have to stop anywhere to rest? Or just kind of what is that like when you have to drive someone um, like this across the well, I just know on drives that long, it's usually my family saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But um, I, it's just, you know, I mean, I stop for gas, stop for food, stop for rest stops, and make sure that we're being uh, accommodating to the needs of the inmate. Um, but get here as quickly as you can no without it being, a, you know, a danger to, as I said, we had four deputies. So I'm going to presume that they took turns driving, or if not, that they took time to rest, but they got back safely. And there was no issues along the way? Uh, no. In this case, we used two four-wheel drive vehicles because we were going to be dealing with uh, potential weather conditions. Um, not much more complicated than that. Four. And I know we can't see the video, but we'll watch it later. Uh, can you expand more what we'll see in the video when we do? Yeah, it's. I think you guys use the term perp walk. It's just her coming into the back parking lot of the ITR being brought into the facility, a short you know, exposure to the search process transfer her into the, um, you know, the jail clothing, and then um, at that point she just, you know, goes into a cell waiting on her initial appearance. So it just, it just gives you exposure to our, 
our team bringing her into the jail and getting a good look at um, this fugitive who's now in the custody of Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. Any idea how much it uh, no, but I can get you that number. That's a good question. It's it's not cheap, um, but it's obviously money well spent. Obviously, there was a family that was impacted here. Yeah. Just what what would you like to say to the families that were impacted here now, knowing that there's at least one step closer to closure in this case? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I mean, I've, when I when I spent a lot of time working with victims, as you guys know, when I was uh, my former agency. Um, all that matters is, you know, I pray for them, that their hearts will, will find a way to, to heal as best you can with um, significant loss like this. When it comes to the justice side of the ledger, um, the scales, I don't know that, you know, successful prosecution, what the um, punishment is. I don't think there's anything that occurs in that space that really fills that void. And I don't know that I'm sure some family members feel passionate about it. Others just kind of want to have their own path to overcoming this. Um, so for me, just from one human to another, my heart breaks for them. Anybody who suffered loss at the hands of, of an evil person like this, and, and I pray that uh, they'll find peace. We do. We have a plane um, that we use for extraditions. It's it's really just you know distant circumstances because it's it's not a you know it's not a commercial plane like you'd see. The majority of our extraditions occur through commercial transport um, but again now you're dealing with circumstances where you're going to be in an environment with a lot of other people who are just community members and unaware of the circumstances so it enhances the danger slightly if you go into a location and suddenly there's a storm and your flight is delayed then you're sitting in an airport for hours if not days delayed because of that and we we wanted to mitigate any of those potential um, unexpected obstacles unexpected challenges to make sure that we could get it, her back as quickly as possible obviously she's an accused murderer and I don't know. I mean, I'm familiar as, as much as you guys have reported. My team has briefed me, and it's not because I'm not interested, but I have a lot of other um, things that are pressing timely and, and specific to this organization that I focus on. So I know the, the devastation that's been left in the trail. Um, I know the importance of making sure that this office handles our business professionally and, and efficiently. And, um, you know, just to give you some context, as I said, 250-plus these transfers a year that, that our um, extraditions team does. And our FATE team, who participated in their approach, and a 1,000 arrests of fugitives um, that are extremely dangerous, and many of which, if I threw out some names, you wouldn't even know who they were, but they're getting them off the streets made the, the community a safer place. All right, let's... Yeah, is she at Estrella? Is that where we got her? Yeah, that's our, that's our jail for female inmates, so she'll be housed there. Um, we will get you the video immediately as soon as you leave here. Uh, Yeah, the, on the booking sheet, what I have is murder in the first degree and then murder first degree premeditated. The conspiracy element is more of like a, um, uh, I'm trying to get the correct term, but just, you know, it has to do with the process on how it was played out with others and everything. But at the end of the day, she's in for two counts of first degree murder, one premeditated. Yeah. Uh, hiding over there on me. I wouldn't say that it's uncommon. Um, it's not something that, that happens frequently, but it is it's 
remove the name, remove the circumstances with the exception of it is a person wanted for a violent crime. Anytime we have that kind of heightened threat because the danger of the other members of the community, then we're going to look at all these other factors that could impede or delay our, our travel. And, and if we feel like those things outweigh the benefit of, of getting in a car and driving and though it's inconvenient, then we're going to get in a car and drive and do whatever is necessary to keep people safe. Um, so it wasn't just so much her, it was all the circumstances involved. All right, again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. I appreciate your guys' time. Um, gratitude to our office and the men and women do exceptional work every day. God bless. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty. Okay, Did you see Justin Lum right there on the front row? Hey, Justin, In yes. The press pool. Hey, yeah. Justin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there you have it. Sometimes I, I usually with press conferences cut out the Q&A, but I just thought that was interesting. I, I know some of the reporters mm -hmm. questions were hard to hear, but his responses were interesting. Also, what a Good cool questions. sheriff. I liked him. Well, very transparent, very used mm -hmm. to talking to the press, mm -hmm. very not um, afraid for everything that they do to be on the front page. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty refreshing compared to what we experience here in Idaho, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. I'm really friendly with the press. I, I mm -hmm. really like that interaction a lot. After how rude about the press, uh, the hearing for Jad, Chad Daybell was yesterday. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a totally different situation. Well, the Madison County Sheriff's Office was pretty rude with the press, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, kind of interesting, but you can tell much bigger place much more used to this whole situation. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to know what she was things. blabbering about the, the whole time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine uh, they've all heard a whole lot about how much Jesus loves her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knows her and yeah. Yeah. So of course the charges, uh, you probably already know, but we'll uh, just reiterate, the charges are for the attempted murder of Brandon Boudreau and the murder of Charles Vallow. Yeah. So Brandon Boudreau did put out a statement today. Justin Lum uh, published this. Uh, Brandon said, today I am hopeful for a process that can bring about a small portion of closure to the many people who were affected by the actions of a few. It's taken several years and so much work by many people. In life, things rarely go as planned, and often we are quick to criticize and slow to gratitude. Of course, I wish many things happened differently, but today I choose gratitude towards those who are helping create accountability and hope that this process leads to healing and closure. Yeah. Kind of so, nice that at least one person could make a statement like that because they're not dead in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Considering how many are. I haven't seen out anything out of Kay uh, 
Woodcock. There probably is something. I just haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it either, but yeah, I would imagine. But of course, this is, uh, you know, JJ's uh, dad and her brother, Charles. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure they're feeling a lot of feels today, too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So very interesting. I, I want to know if she had no, any notice that they were coming or if they literally just walked into her celly and they were like, get up, you're out of here, you're going to Arizona, bye. I kind of hope oh, that's yeah. how it went. I would imagine it probably did because I would think giving an inmate a heads up can create problems. They may, they may create problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wondered. The I, 2 a.m. arraignment cracked me up. <laughs> I would like her to... I, this sounds vindictive as hell. Maybe I am, but I, I hope that she was scared. I hope she was uh, startled. I hope it uh, took her by surprise. I hope it sucked. Well, you know, it sucked for Charles and Brandon. So, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like there's a big question about whether or not. I mean, here in Idaho, where we've all sat through her trial and heard the evidence against her. And a lot of that evidence that was presented is also evidence that would presented in her trials in Arizona, it's not like there's a big question that she was involved in these in no. these deaths. Well, no. in, in Charles' death and in the attempted murder of Brandon Pedro, we, we've already seen the evidence of that in uh, the trial here. So, yep. I was yep. thinking, though, that Idaho somehow feels a little lighter and a little less crazy today. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about it, Arizona. Yeah. Maybe we passed <laughs> off one of our biggest problems to Arizona for a while. At least for a while. Yes. <laughs> So that's pretty much all there is to say. That's what's up. I'm curious to know. What do you think she talked about? Share it in the comments. I want to hear it. Do your I'm best. <laughs> I said earlier it was word salad with a side of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's exactly what it was. Well, yep. remember how she talked like on the like on the body cam footage and stuff the day that Charles was murdered? Mm -hmm. Remember how chatty and bubbly yeah. and smiley and laughing and stuff she was she's probably just like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. creepy as hell is what that is for sure however it was a tiny bit interesting when they asked what did she talk about that he said that's between her and law enforcement and the prosecutor yeah oh did she say things i mean Maybe would i be did. surprised if she did no and the next uh, big question of the hour, of course, is going to be, is are either of these cases going to get cleared to trial? Yeah. It would be are insanity they? for them, too, but we are dealing with insanity, so who the hell knows? Right. She's got nothing but time, and that would be lots yeah. of attention. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be her only motivation. I mean, at this point, yeah. she's already serving three life sentences in Idaho. Yeah. Why not? Of course, maybe she's feeling real confident with her appeals. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what she's thinking right now? Or maybe Jesus is coming back this July. Who knows? I mean, I'm, who knows what's in her head? But I think anyway. we already missed the rapture a couple of times in October, I heard, mm -hmm. this year. So, who knows? Tough to say. So, <laughs> we'll keep a very close eye on this, obviously. Oh, so we uh, surely will. There you be. All righty. Well, thanks so much for being here. We will be back next week with all new stuff. Uh, two brand new Patreons will drop today. So if you're a patron, mm -hmm. keep an eye out for those. Uh, I know mine is wild as hell. I'm excited to hear yours. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about Twin Flames Universe, so you know it's wild as hell. 
Uh-huh. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.